on this week's show. They're nearly there. Ebbsfleet United goalkeeper Mark Cousins tells us all about the run-in towards the National League South title. We can complete the job of winning our games and we don't have to be on or rely on Dartford slipping up or any other team slipping up below us. We, uh, we just want to get the job done ourselves and it's on us to get the wins. And disappointment for Maidstone in the FA Trophy, but skipper Jerome Binham-Williams takes the positives from their performance. The gaffer's got us believing and we all just need to keep fighting, working, make sure we're working hard in training and then have to put in the performance that we did today. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only Podcast sponsored by Nick Cunningham Plumbing and Heating. We are back after our illness-enforced hiatus and we've got a couple of interviews for you from the top of the pyramid this week, which we hope that you will enjoy. I'm John Phipps, who definitely would not recommend tonsillitis to anyone. And on the line now is a man who lives in the coolest place to live in Kent. And no, that's not weather-related. Matt Gerard, you've always been of a bit of a cool dude, so you must feel very validated right now. Is that what? Is that, is that what? If that is that it, is it or Broadstairs? Broadstairs was voted the coolest place in Kent and the twentieth coolest place in the country. Really? So, what was that in? Some survey or other, it got picked up by the local papers. I think they saw some clicks in it. Oh, right, yeah. that, 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 it is a cool place to live. There's nothing better than wandering down to Broadstairs. It is a cool place. So, yeah, I would, would recommend it. If anyone in the world is listening to this pod, maybe they've missed it after you missed it last week. Broadstairs is a really nice place. And if you listen, live in Kent, which you probably do if you listen to the Kent Non podcast, always come to Broadstairs because it's absolutely beautiful. Lovely restaurants, lovely beach. Lovely people, and I live here. There you go. So, 20th coolest place in the country. That's even better. I need to I find mean, to that be, out. To, to be fair, it's the Matt Gerrard factor that, that draws me in the, the most, if I'm honest. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, oh, it is a nice place, Broadstairs. It, it is a, um, yeah, it's a lovely place to live, so I'm very fortunate. Yeah, so I'm uh, glad to be back, uh, back to full health. It, 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 genuinely, I woke up last Tuesday and my tonsils were massively swollen, had the white spots and everything, and I could barely talk. So I, I figured that I probably wouldn't be able to do any interviews or carry out a podcast if I can't talk. So that was why we didn't work with you last week. But uh, thankfully, looked after myself, took lots of pills and strepsils, and I even got some spray, which I think may have now been outlawed. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I'm finally back to health. So it's all have good. Have you suffered from tonsillitis before? Never had it before, and it's it's the oddest feeling. Like I, I I I'm sure I'm preaching to the converted here when I say this, but I'm literally like it is. It was just the strangest thing, you know that it it, it Love, felt you didn't, so you didn't weird. Feel it coming on, you just woke up with it on. Just woke up on uh, on Tuesday morning last week, and I was like, that feels weird. Went and looked in in the in the mirror, and I was like, oh, I've got tonsillitis, and that was that really. Um, yeah, it literally just came on overnight. Um, and it, I've been a bit bung, bunged up for a little while, but uh, yeah, I wasn't quite expecting that. Do, do you have to go to the doctors for that, or you just a home remedy? Home remedies. Well, I mean, it said to go to the doctors if it hadn't cleared up after three to four days, um, and I was pretty much back to normal after three or four days anyway. Um, and plus, getting a doctor's appointment down here is like you know winning the lottery um, <laughs> or booking a special appointment at a dance school over Easter. It's really tough to to get hold of it. Um, so yeah, it was uh, it, there was just no point in me uh, in me trying to get a doctor's appointment. I was up in uh, in Lincoln for a wedding uh, at the weekend. Congratulations to my my very good friend Chris and his new wife Katrina. Um, so I was just kind of I just got to go on with it, you know. So um, Double I, was, I was able to work from home for a couple of days. Uh, which made a big difference. And then um, once I kind of got back into going out to the office and everything like that, I, I actually think that helped me. Uh, you know, I, I did the right thing not to stay in, not not to go in. But once I actually went out back outside, I felt a lot better for it. No, I, I think, uh, well, it was a shock, mate, because we have, I don't think we've ever missed one for, we've missed one for various bits and pieces, but we've never missed one for, for illness, have we? So... No, we've never missed one for illness. So yeah, I, was, I was very sorry, but literally I couldn't talk. So um, it was, there would have been very little point in uh, actually us trying to do a podcast because there would have been the interviews would have been rubbish because you wouldn't have heard me talking, and uh, the show itself would have been rubbish. So I mean, I, I'm sure many of you would actually probably thought it would have been an improvement if you couldn't hear me talk. Did you have um, any people saying gutted we missed you? A few people, yeah, and a lot of people on Facebook certainly said get well soon, which was very nice. Oh, uh, and I'm pleased to say that I did just that, and so I'm back to uh, back to feeling tickety boo 
Um, so yeah, everything is uh, everything is good, and yeah, um, enjoying a little bit of better weather as well at the moment. So yeah, also it's, it's all, but it is the middle of March, so the weather should be starting to pick up, shouldn't it? The clocks go back next weekend. Well, well, it's lucky because as I live in the coolest place in Kent, we've been able to get to the bit when I finish work. At- Wander down at six o'clock. I've been able to take the bit, the dog on the beach, which is a highlight of the year because so much walking the streets um, in the winter is not the most exciting thing, but taking the dog on the beach after work is so much better. So we, we are on the back end of uh, uh, of winter now, which is good, to see, which is very very pleasing. Have you been anything else exciting in the last couple of weeks? Um, watching a lot of telly, mate, which we'll discuss later. I'm watching a lot of telly. Um, programs and things like that. Apart from that, have I done anything? Uh, went to London with work. No, nothing at all, really. Nothing apart from watching football. Football. <laughs> Thanks for making me use the beat machine, but it's not. It's not. It's no one else's fault that than yours that you go and watch Dover Athletic, and we'll talk about <laughs> exactly. them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, in time. I, 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 well, I did go. I didn't watch Athletic on Saturday, and it was quite a good game. So the beat foot. The football I said was not. It was Dover Athletic, and not the team I saw on Saturday. Absolutely. I'm glad you cleared that one up. Uh, and, and the beat, once I've used it once, I might as well use it twice. So you just carry on effing and jeffing for the whole show, mate. Uh, it's our 248th episode this week, and there's not really a lot to say about that. It's an untouchable number, apparently. And there's a song that really wasn't my cup of tea. But after that, I really struggled to find anything of interest. So we will swiftly move on. And we're going to start in the National League South, where a Kent derby on Saturday ended all square. As leaders of Fleet were pegged back at informed Tunbridge Angels. Fleet are certainly back to their best, though. And now only just 13 points in their last eight games to one. 100% guarantee their return to the top flight of non-league. A good chance to hear from one of their number then. And earlier on today, I spoke to fleet keeper Mark Cousins. And I started by asking about that draw at Longmead. Yeah, Tambridge have been doing well. Uh, you know, picked up recently and uh, yeah, in a strong position and going for playoffs. So it's, uh, yeah, in terms of getting a point, we're disappointed with how the point got. Like we dropped the drop points from a winning position, but I think maybe before the game. Someone offered offered you a draw against the team that have been doing well. You probably would have taken it away from home there. Yeah. I suppose it's difficult for you as well because obviously you are top. You've been top nearly all the season. Everyone must raise their game against you, I suppose. Yeah, we found that all through the season. Really, I think some teams they they, they want to prove a point, and that's uh, that's fair enough. That is, you, when you come up, I've, I've been in similar positions against going up against like like direction last year. You. You always up to your game that little bit sometimes when you're playing the bigger teams in the league. And uh, yeah, teams, we found that this season a lot. Teams either come, especially come to us and try and sit in and make it hard for us. And really, like, yeah, you can tell they up, up their game. We watch a lot of analysis before that, before we play teams. And you see them, like, they play differently they think, when they come to play us. And uh, that's just, we have to accept that because. That's the nature of football. Sometimes it happens, and uh, it's always a challenge when a team maybe sits in a bit more than they normally do, or play changes their formation against us, or something like that. So uh, yeah, we've, that's happens during the season. It's but it's up to us to try and unlock unlock teams and find a way to win a game. And, and thankfully, you've done that a lot of times. I, I suppose as a goalkeeper, you've had a, a great view every now and then of some of the best football in the division. Yeah, I've said it quite a few times this season. Yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure watching some of the attacking play this year. And uh, a lot of the goals have actually always like started from either myself or like the back the back three, really. It's, we, we really do build from the back. And uh, the attacking football and the passing football we play is, is very good. And it splits teams open sometimes. And it's, yes, yeah, it's, it's really good to watch. And yeah, it's, it's nice on the eye, obviously, for supporters as well to see. The manager seems to stick to his philosophies as well, which is, is always really pleasing. Yeah, I think right from day one, we've, he, he's done that. And this, every player that is at the club has brought into the, his philosophy and the way he wants to play. And I think that's very important as well. That we, We've all stuck to that. Even when things maybe haven't gone so well, we've tried our, we've, we've stuck to our guns. And uh, yeah, no one really comes away from how we want to play because... It's obviously worked for a long period, like long periods now in the season, and uh, yeah, there's no point in trying to come away from it because we've got success by keeping the ball on the floor and playing a certain way. And yeah, 
we're going to continue that. You obviously had that really tough time, sort of Christmas, early January. How did you kind of all keep it together? And, and, and did you always believe that you would bounce back? Uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a tricky period, I'd say. I think leading up to Christmas, there's a few games called off. Uh, training was disrupted, obviously, because of the snow. And uh, then obviously going into a Christmas period and playing against like, your local rivals who were also doing well at the time. Uh, I think what, when we came out of that period after the second Hartford game, it was I think we were bang on halfway through the season in terms of games played for us. I think it was 23 games played, and I think if you broke it down, we we're still the team with the most points per game. We still had good stats, and uh, the manager reminded reminded us of, of that really. And it was there was no need to press the panic button. Although yes, there had been a few defeats uh, in a row. I think it's still we're in a very strong position. He, yeah, he reminded that we what we had achieved so far, and uh, he then we, we then set a target to not for the second half of the season and to make sure that the next twenty three games were just as good as the, like the first twenty three really. And I think hopefully we've we've done that so far, and we we're still going to continue that for the last eight games now. I know everyone doesn't want to get carried away by things. I'm sure Epsley are no different. But the truth of the matter is, you need 13 points and you're the champions now. You must all be aware of that and you must be hoping to get there sooner rather than later. Yeah, I think yeah, you can obviously work out mathematically now. And uh, yeah, the lesser games you can kind of, the less games there is to play, you can start chalking like the points off that obviously Dartford need to get. And uh, yeah, we've got. We're obviously still focused on ourselves, and it's like it's still very much in our hands. We can complete the job of winning our games, and we don't have to. We don't want to rely on Dartford slipping up or any other team slipping up below us. We uh, we just want to get the job done ourselves, and it's on us to get the wins. So uh, yeah, we have eight, eight games to go, and I think we'll be going for as try and get eight wins. That's that, that is the aim. First of those games started Hamlet on Saturday. They obviously got a new manager. They're, they're not in great form, but as you said earlier on, teams come and make it, make themselves hard to beat against you, don't they? Yeah, I think there's a few results at home now. We've got not not struggled. I think we played uh, it was Hemel the other week. It was a nil nil draw against them, and uh, it was a it was a tough game. We played really well, but we just didn't score. And uh, credit to Hemel, they they dug in and. They got a point against us, and that they played us. They dropped off and had eleven men behind the ball for the majority of the game. And teams do that. And Dulwich uh, will be a tough, tough outfit to play against. They've got some good players, and although their league position maybe like a little bit false, I think with the players they actually have at their disposal. But yeah, it will be a tough game, and we have to be on it. And I think as long as we perform to the highest standards. We should be able to get three points. And obviously, you moved to Epsley at the start of the season. How have you found it? And obviously, it was the right decision, I'm guessing. Yes, uh, it was disappointing to leave Bromley after three years. I did enjoy my time there, but Epsley, I knew Epsley was a, a big club in terms of being the uh, National League self and had been a National League team before. So I knew knew about Epsley before I joined. Uh, and we played them in the pre-season when I was at Bromley so I knew kind of the style of football they played and uh, that was always going to be a bit of a challenge for myself to start with coming into a, a new type of football to play and new new way of playing but uh, the manager my goalkeeper coach Jeff Richardson and all the lads have, like you, you help each other try and like kind of get to grips with the, the style of football and uh, yeah I've, I really enjoyed the, like the challenge and enjoyed learning a new style of football. So, it's, yeah, it's been a good season, obviously. It's always very enjoyable when you pick up plenty of wins along the way. And just finally, obviously, if slash when you do get promoted, do you think Epsley have, have got it about them to, to compete at the next level up? Yeah, 100%. I think uh, the team, obviously the club's very much full-time already. I think that's, that's pretty... That helps massively going into a into the national league, which is near enough. I'd say ninety five percent full time now. So you're it's, whereas before some teams come up and they're very much part time still, and that, that's you, you see a bit of like team struggle. 
uh, when they are part-time going into a full-time league. Uh, and it does take a bit of time to adjust, but I think actually have, they're very much geared up for, for the National League and uh, yeah, hopefully when we achieve that, uh, yeah, the club can kick on even more now and uh, yeah, have success in the National League when, when, it, when the time comes. I enjoyed that chat with Mark there, Matt, and I think it's safe to say that there's, there's a belief in the camp that they're pretty much there now. Well, when you said they only needed 13 points, um, it really could be done by Easter, couldn't it? Uh, and rightfully so, they've been the best team in the league. You know, looking at the fact, 89 goals they've scored this season. 89 goals. Um, yeah, they've been absolutely first class, haven't they? Um, uh, well, I think Mark Cousins is a good keeper when I saw him for Dagenham and Bromley, a very first class keeper. So uh, starting well at the back. But, you know, the heartbreak of last year when they were seconds away of going up, then lost in extra time. Um, I think they've bounced back absolutely fantastically, seem to be going places off the field. Um, And I said this to somebody the other day, you know, they're up now. I think they'll do well next season because I presume they'll be hoping that Wrexham and Notts County go, arguably the two big hitters. Teams coming down from the League Two... um, wouldn't think they were particularly, you know, they're going to end up like Scunthorpe and Oldemar this season. Um, and Epsley, we know they might have deep pockets if they need to. Um, I'm sure they'll invest and I'm sure they'll be um, riding high next season. So, um, fair play to them. We wanted a Kent side to get to win the division. They're going to win it. Now we'll have to see if another Kent side could join them. So, but yeah, fair play to Epsley. Um, you know, you know, Clearly, they're investing in the right direction. I don't know what's about the ground. There's something, a bit of an issue with the ground, isn't it? What they're going to do something like that? I think it's something to do with insects or something. Was it something to do with insects or something again? It could have issues, but um, clearly they're going in the right direction. Yeah, it's, it's, it's great news actually for Fleetwood United. I mean, we, we often forget, I suppose, how harsh it was when they were relegated in that COVID season. Why? What was it? 0.02 of a point, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah we, we know it's a step up, um, but as Mark Cousins said there. And I thought you said, said very well, you know, a lot of teams that you DC struggle, they're part-time, they're coming up. We're already a full-time club. We've already got that full-time set up. And therefore, I think that we will be ready to go on and, and push forward. And and I think that's that's, that's really good. And another thing as well, and I sort of apologise to Mark for this, but because the only game I've seen absolute play all season was the game down at Eastbourne where Chris Hague started, I kind of thought at the start of the season that they'd rotated a bit. But actually, that was Chris Hague's only league start of the season. Uh, down yes. Eastbourne at the moment. So Mark Cousins, uh, as you say, a very good goalkeeper, very experienced goalkeeper, a great last line of defence for them. But it was very interesting that to hear him say there, you know, I had to come in and, and learn a whole new way of playing, even, even in the later stage of his career. Yeah, it is a difficult way of playing. I've got to say, the Worthing goalkeeper, male, I've seen him, he's a top-class keeper because he works with his feet. Cousins has gone in there, a more experienced goalkeeper, Working with Ebsley, clearly that's what attracted him. Learned something new, learned new tricks. Clearly he's done that because he's, he's always been an excellent shot stopper. Um, I think that, you know, well, you mentioned about last season, Dennis Katrina sort of, he was a bit of a tinker man. One goalkeeper play one week, run next to the other. But I think he's realised that the goalkeeping position is absolutely crucial. If you've got a goalkeeper that the defence can trust, um, I think it's a big factor, and clearly it has been this season with the you know with the way they've gone. Um, clearly, they've probably got the biggest budget in the league, but and that should and it's worked through. But they've been managed well by Dennis Katriba, so we'll always look back on that run three years ago and we said, "Who the hell was Dennis Katriba?" And we got that guy on about Dennis Katriba from uh, Berlin, didn't we? Um, clearly, uh, I'm going to have to eat words here and saying what a good appointment against the norm it was and good luck to them next season so they'll become Kent's premier non-league club again well I think Bromley might have something to say about that one but, Matt, but, but, yeah, yeah, but I think but, yeah, I, I, yeah. I see your point there you know and I think if you compare them maybe to to Dorking Wanderers who obviously went up last season you would say that Ebbsfleet looked better prepared than they were um, you know the, and, and Dennis Katrieb as you mentioned there has done a, a phenomenal job uh, and you know that the way that they play football is is great for me. I, I like the fact that they really give their all and that they don't ever give up on the way they want to play football. And, and I think that's such an important thing. And, and 
you know, they had that massive blip over over Christmas and, and, and into January, but they just they never gave up. They never panicked. It was it was always the same, wasn't it? And you've got to say that ultimately it's paid off for them. Yeah, and again, I have to eat my words because I, having watched non-league football, I didn't think you could get promoted by playing sexy football at this level, and they've shown that you actually can. Um, them and Worthing play some beautiful football, um, and it works if you've got a better players who trust the system. Um, you don't have to hit it long like I would. I would. I always presumed you had to to be successful. So uh, it, it, it's 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 a good achievement. They can grow. I'm sure there'll be big investment next season because they don't, they won't want to stand still. Um, so I, I think uh, exciting times for Epsley to come in. Fleet did go out of the Kentina Cup on Tuesday night, beaten by Welling, while Angels also bowed out, losing at Ramsgate as Ismail League South East side set up an all-thanet semi-final with Margate. That should be a cracker. Uh, Welling will face Chatham in the other one of those semi-finals. So there's a potential, Matt, of uh, two Ismail League clubs in the final of the Kent Senior Cup, which would be uh, which would be very interesting, wouldn't it? Well, Ramsgate and Chatham going for the division and also going for the uh, Kent Senior Cup. I'll have to say, John, I know which one's the most important. Yes, I think I know which one you think is the most important as well. Uh, in the league on Saturdays, we've already heard uh, Ebsfield United drew 1-1 with Tunbridge Angels. Welling had been beaten again, though. They lost 1-0 at home to Concord Rangers. Uh, also defeat for Dover, who went down 3-1 at Chippenham. Uh, Dartford were the only one of our quintet to win as they saw Farnborough 3-1. Uh, this weekend, as we've already heard, Ebsfield host Hackenhay Rettins, Dulwich Hamlet. Dartford travel to Concord. Dover host Hampton, Richmond. Tunbridge Angels go to Haven and Waterlooville. While Welling return to the scene of their FA Cup exit when they take on Weymouth before they return home on Tuesday night to face Taunton. Up then to the National League, where Maidstone's hopes of reaching Wembley came to an end with a heartbreaking penalty shootout defeat to Barnet. Uh, Matt was at that game in the FA Trophy and afterwards he caught up with the Stone skipper Jerome Benham-Williams and started by discussing the disappointing defeat. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit disappointing. I thought the boys done really well today. I thought it was a good performance, team performance. We battled out there. Been better than the last few games that we played. Um, Somebody has to lose, isn't it? So unfortunately, it was it was us today. I thought your um, first half they were the better side. They went in front just before uh, half time. I thought in the second half, Maidstone were the better side. We were rewarded with that goal with a penalty, a cheeky penalty as well, and just couldn't go on and get the winner. Yeah, yeah. Uh, your opinion? I don't. I don't think they were better than us in the first half. I thought they just had a, a few corners, but. We defended our box well the first two and then obviously we got hit with one and then another one so we just got to work on that but we got back in it and and um, in the first half got a goal good finish by Deeks like I said again their second one was a mistake but we came out on top second half and I thought we, we was all over them second half that's just my opinion and yeah I thought we done really well and so put away the penalty but just disappointing that we're out of the cup. We have to keep moving on and focus on the next game, really. Penalty shootout, do you think it's a, it's a lottery when it comes to that sort of situation? Yeah, you never know. You, you get me, there's only... Somebody has to lose in the penalty shootout. Like I said, today it was us. We've, we've had penalty shootouts before and we've won. So today was was unlucky for us. Two players missed, but we got around them and made sure they kept their head up. And they both played well when they when they was on the pitch, but unfortunately we're out, so we just have to focus on the next game and go again. Yeah, I said to the manager, we've probably got what nine cup finals left um, to try and stay in this division. You think there's hope still? You can still do that? Yeah, yeah. The, all the boys believe the gaffer's got us believing, and we all just need to keep fighting, working, make sure we're working hard in training, and then have to put in the performance like we did today. Obviously, the last few games we've maybe had one. One half's been better than the other, but today I thought both halves we was much better. We was fighting for each other, and we just have to keep doing that. And then hopefully the season will change. But I believe that we will get out of it, and the boys do. So that's all that matters right now. We all got to stick together. George, um, as a manager, he seems a very positive person when you interview him. What's he like as a manager? Yeah, the same. Exactly the same. Brings out confidence in a lot of players. <laughs> believe. Yes, sometimes we don't show it, but we got to bring it out ourselves. But he backs us all the way. Um, and we knew he was going to be good as a skipper last year when he was around the boy. So it's just it's just 
it's it's not really anything different. He's just taken over and he's in charge. So we we've all had that respect, and he always keeps a smile on our face. Win, lose or draw, he gets us going, and we have to just keep pushing until the end and making sure that we fight for him. What did he say in the dressing room after the game? Just keep going. It was a good performance. We just gotta make sure we we keep going, believe in ourselves, dust it off, recover, and then we go again. Would you like him to get the job full time? Yeah, I would. I would because he's a really good manager and he's a nice person. So we just have to wait and see. Hopefully he does. Fingers crossed. But we never know. We just got to keep preparing and making sure we do well for him, and then we go from there. Well, I also have a player who's happy to dispute a reporter's opinion, Matt. So there's a tick in the box for Jerome. Uh, but it still seems to be a lot of belief and confidence in the camp. What, what did you think of Manchester United? Uh, I thought they played well. I- you know, Barnet was what fifth in the division. Barnet, I say, I thought were the better side in the first half. They went in front. Maidstone got back into the game, and then it sort of tailed off as a bit of, with no real. Both sides struggled in attack. I thought in the second half, um, Maidstone had plenty of endeavour, willingness to run, um, a lack of. You know, they scored two goals. I think a lack of a, a striker has probably hampered them a little bit. Um, what I would say more about, again, when it went to the lottery of the penalty shootout, they lost. So it, it, there was a little bit of doom and gloom around the camp at Maidstone, I have to say. They're very disappointed of how the season's gone, as you would expect. Um, George Ellicobi, you know, very, you know, he can, clearly he's got the fans on side and talks the talk. Results haven't really... Um, Changed, have they? That excellent winning the trophy easily, but the league form, you know, the drawing games, but not winning matches. I think the consensus, you know, around every supporter is they're going down, but the players can't really say that. They just, I think they're just disappointed. The Maidstone, speaking to the people there, that they expected to have learnt from the mistakes of the previous season. And you know, the guy I spoke to um, who did the summarising for me said, you know, we get three and a half thousand every week. Um, we've got a good support base, good location. We should be able to support and compete into as a, a national league side. I think the disappointment it is, and I know the um, investors, you know, the owners are not going to invest heavy money in it, and I don't fully appreciate that. But I think they're just disappointed how badly the season's gone when um, previously it's gone bad, and, and some of them are saying it's even worse when season them they got relegated before when they went through about four managers it's just a tough one isn't it I, th- I think you know I think the expectations at Maidstone were probably higher uh than than maybe that they should have been um but I think it's, well, they've I, just I, never I, got I, going I this feeling in this is Maidstone could get 3,000 every week if they were top 10 they would get 3,000 every week in that division so they are a national league club and I always say out of all the Kent sides, as we said before in this, that they are probably the only one who could support league football, in my opinion. So they've got the foundation there. They just haven't kicked on to where they should be. If the likes of Wildstone can be doing it, Bournemouth a little bit different because they've got loads of money from Arsenal, but lesser supported clubs can be competitive. You think Maidstone could be, but they just haven't got it right. Uh, and this is not critical of Oliver, who's very you know, supportive of the pod. He's just, they haven't pushed on, from what the supporters say, where they feel they should be. Should they have invested more in the team rather than anything else? You know, invest to, you know, you invest a bit of money and hope the role, national, the role on is that you get better teams, you're more successful, you do cut runs. And you're higher in the league, more people kind of come and watch. So speculate to accumulate is probably what I'm saying is I think the Maidstone fans are disappointed they haven't done that. But I can see that though, because you know, 30 odd years ago, Maidstone went out of business doing that. So it, it's, a, it's, it's a difficult one, but you can see the frustration because I think Maidstone fans thought they would be um, looked at as a, a, a National League side for many years to come. Now they got back into it. 
I think that's the thing as well, is it's such a hard league to get out of the National League South, as, as Ebsfleet, who we've already been talking about, have proven over the past few years, you know, and, and I get the feeling, Matt, and, and please don't be offended by this, but I get the feeling that Dover uh, may be finding that as well. So, you, you oh, know, oh, when, I, I, when you get up... View, I don't expect Dover to be a National League club for a long, long time on that basis. So when you get up, you know, it's important that you, you give a good fist of it. Yeah. And, and, you know, they, they've... They've tried, but ultimately they've just come up short. And and you know, it was a big thing about Hakan Heretin. A lot of fans still quite miffed actually that they got rid of him when they did. But when you look at so it, the fans I spoke to said they should have got rid of him earlier. That was that was going to be my question. I I think possibly they waited too long, and 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 what he did last season probably bought him more time than than necessary. It's it was a tough decision for for Mason, and they're not particularly the club who who'd like to sack the managers lightly but I think maybe maybe hearts ruled heads a little bit in that one and, and they're ultimately paying the price now yeah I, I think probably hearts ruled their heads in a lot of decisions for I think they're loyal loyal owners loyal people who run the club so yes um, George ellacobe has gone in there you know lovely man is he the man to take him to the next level or question interesting to see you look next season, John, you could have the likes of Torquay Yeovil coming down in this division. So it's even going to be tougher to get out of it. So um, if Mason don't get out of it, I could do it. But the consensus I felt as well is now they're at the trophy, maybe now is the time for them to think, right, we're going to get a manager. If you're going to give it to George Ellicobi, right, give it to George Ellicobi. If not, Go and get a manager who can galvanise the club again and get them going in the right direction. And Because maybe next season, the supporters who um, were there last season see they think they're going to jump straight back. And that might not necessarily be the case, but I think the club needs to come together because how together they were a year ago, how they're not together now after a terrible season. If they, if they, if they go down and if they've gone down fighting on the last day of the season. I think people think, but I think they're just going down with a whimper has upset a lot of fans. But at least they're still getting the people through the gate because I suppose that yeah. is one thing, isn't it? You know, no, it's not as if, it's not, it's not like, and again, I'm going to draw a parallel to a team who were relegated from the National League last season who have completely alienated a lot of their supporters and are now struggling to get 400 people through the day, yeah. through the doors a lot of time. The, the fans are still there and, and that does give them the basis. And I suppose, you know, they are a well-run club and yes, we know it's a hard league to get out of. But and I think, you know, if anything, that I think they almost exceeded expectations too much last season by getting promoted. Uh, and and it might be good to to get them a reset. But I think you're right. I think they now need now is the time to say right. Is George Ellacobe going to be the manager next season? If he's not, let's get someone in now, or or at least make that public, make that announcement. Be a good job for a lot of people. Um, be interested in that job. I think half of the battle is it, it is the recruitment. If they, they've lost Barham, who's gone to Aldershot, Barham, the leading goal scorer. So clearly, um, you know, they're taking the money on board. The, the key to the, next to the thing is the recruitment, because I don't think the recruitment has been particularly strong for them this year. And that will be the new managers, whoever that will be, if it's George Ellicobi, I would say is getting the recruitment right. Because that club players will be attracted to Maidstone United. Going back to our analogy for Dover, if you're going to choose Dover, crowds are diminishing, or Maidstone, if you do well, you will get two and a half, three thousand. There's only one place you'll go. Uh, no going for Bromley this week after their Tuesday trip to Halifax was called off very early in the day. Uh, they're now eight points outside the playoffs, so they, they do now actually have a couple of games in hand. Uh, they host Wrexham this week, and there's been quite a hoo-ha about tickets for that one. Uh, the Lily Whites have given the visitors a big old part of Hayes Lane. Uh, I must admit, I've not been following the story that closely, Matt, but it seems that the main home section is going to be North Welsh and Red on Saturday. Well, but with the, oh, the, the stand that's not seated, is given the whole end, are they? I, I believe so, yeah. Yeah. People are miffed about that, are they? I think so. I think part of the thing is that every season ticket holder has had to kind of um, not buy a ticket, but they've had to say, I'm coming. Uh, and I think people are, 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 there was some 
some viewpoints knocking around of people saying, you know, that they seem to have given preference to Wrexham over Bromley and supporters for that game. But you can't blame them because you want to get as many people in as you can. And, and funny enough, going back to Maidstone, someone told me that Barnet sold out their allocation, yet there were spaces all around the ground and they wouldn't give them any more tickets. So, you know, it's, it's a tough one, isn't it? There's 400 Barnet fans there. I think, yeah. Um, but Bromley's gates have been good. So I know Wrexham will travel in absolutely huge numbers, but Bromley's have been getting two, three, two and, two and a bit, over 2,000 average. So, um, well, from a Bromley point of view, you know, probably 10 years ago, they were getting 400. So um, you can see what you, off the field, Bromley are really going in the right direction. And if you have to give that over to the opposing fans, you could do it, but if you're a Bromley fan, just show them the FA Trophy because you beat Wrexham last year. So, um, <laughs> from that point of view, so uh, uh, it, well, maybe it's the layout of the ground that Bromley needs to sort out if that is the case. But you could probably give them the the side, the complete full. I'm surprised they didn't give them to the by the side rather behind the goal and that. Because you give them the full side opposite the main stand, you could give them the whole length there because that's quite a big terrace. And that's not normally that feel anyway, because everybody doesn't really go that side. But no, I, I can see where, from a Bromley point of view, the hardcore Bromley fans who've been there for a while may be a little bit miffed. Yeah. Uh, Maidstone United travel to Maidenhead uh, on Saturday. That should be some sort of derby, shouldn't it? Uh, well, there are no games at Maidstone all. Maidstone will win that prediction. Well, there we go. That, that will be that. That will be the game, though. No, they haven't won for 16 league games. I think it is. I think it's the longest in the. Um, in, the, in the top five tiers, Maid, oh, my tip is Maidstone will win that game. No games in midweek at all in the National League, but there is the uh, England C are back in action, Matt. And Regan Booty of Maidstone is in the squad uh, to, uh, to for that game against Wales at Auchingham. Did, did he play on Saturday? Was he any good? He came off the bench. He'd been injured. Um, you, you know my feelings on the England C being what a complete waste of time that is. And I'm, I'll be surprised... I'll be absolutely amazed if Notts County Macaulay Langstaff um, doesn't pull up with an injury beforehand. Again, if you're going to have this game, have it when it's not near the business end of the season. So I appreciate the players. We're delighted they've got an England C cap, but surely there must be a... And again, they're playing Wales. They always play Wales. What's the point, isn't it? And and of course, because they always play Wales, the games are always in the northwest as well. So you know, there's not really a lot to excite people like ourselves down here. And and as you say, is there anyone else they can play? It just seems to me to be uh, a, a little bit of a a waste of time. But you know, well, um, yeah, England see, it just seems yeah. I know some people get really excited about it, but I just feel it's completely pointless. It doesn't. Surely the players from these sides want to be resting before the end of the season. They don't want to get injured. People complain there's too many games. Why are they putting this one in the middle of it? Who knows? If if, if we were running the world, all these things wouldn't be happening. But, you know, what, what do we know, Matt? What do we know? <laughs> no, well, I think there can't be... There, are you saying that the, the Notts County management is happy that their players are going off to this completely waste of time game? Of course they're not. No, of course not. Anyway, let's move on to the Southern Counties East League, where there's been big news at the very top of the table. It happened uh, before the weekend, but Irith and Belvedere uh, had Andy Constable been interim coach since Tony Beckham's departure early in the season. But he announced on social media that he had been relieved of his duties. Uh, he since released a statement saying that it was a deep regret uh, that he has had to leave the position. Um, and following the defeat to Hollands and Bear last Tuesday night, uh, informed by the chairman that following board discussions, the whole of the management team uh, were to be relieved of their duties. Now, uh, it's just one win in seven for the Deers, and they have seen what was a 20-point lead whittled down a little bit. But what do you think, Matt, of the decision to make that change at this stage of the season? Strange. Um, you know, we've had Andy, Andy Cuntsport, a good player, new district level. Clearly, he was a bit disappointed he wasn't given the opportunity to take it. I hadn't realised, John, how much that 20-point lead had been whittled down. Um um, if we had Steve King on the show, he clearly wouldn't be thinking we've got a chance to win this division. But he probably thinks he's got a chance now. By the way, Erith and Belvedere have, have done it. Um, well, you look at it, you look at it, Matt. Two weeks ago, I had Steve O'Boyle on the show, manager of Phoenix Sports, and I said to him, "Can you catch Erith and Belvedere?" And without even pausing for breath, he went, "No." 
No. But now they're only 10 points behind, you know, and they've, they've had another win tonight, uh, Phoenix. And, and you know, you're looking at it thinking, actually, do you know what? They're in these teams. It's up for grabs now, um, you know, and teams are in Do they give a reason to, why they got rid of, was it results or? No official word yet from Irith and Belvedere. I did try and uh, get some sort of uh, statement uh, from the club earlier on today, but I haven't had anything back from them. Um, you know, I'm assuming that from what Andy Constable said, I'm assuming it is results. You know, they haven't been in good form. Um, and they, 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 you know, that they've said they wanted to make a, a, a new appointment, wanted to bring a manager, you know, and, and it's tough. It, it, it is really tough. But I suppose I, I just don't know. I, I, I just don't know uh, what what the thinking is there and if they think that whoever they're going to bring in and, and I've heard um, from a fairly reliable source of someone who is possibly going to be appearing there soon, um, which would be an interesting appointment. But do you make that decision now? I, I just don't know. It's, 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 it's a really tough one. I mean, if they turn it around and get promoted, then ultimately everyone will forget about this, won't they? Yeah, but it's a concern in everything was running smoothly. Uh, I think Andy Constable was doing a half-decent job. Every team has a bit of a blip here, but maybe the, the, the sort of thing, being the interim manager, the players were a little bit concerned what was going on. The club clearly thought, as I thought, they were going to win the league or going to win the league. They probably still good chance they still will, but it seems strange. And you let me know who this appointment will be. Um, would be an interesting appointment. Uh, clearly knows the levels. Um Clearly, I would have thought it must have been done in the pipeline beforehand to get um, behind Andy Constable's back, I would have thought. But yeah, disappointing. They haven't had a game for a while, have they? So maybe they've looked at it and decided, right, let's get back to basics with a new manager coming in. But I can't believe that. It's the first time I've looked at the league table for a while, John, because I thought it was done and dusted. Eight points clear. The other teams could probably smell a little bit of fear in a in Erith and Belvedere. Interesting uh, few weeks coming up, I think. I would say so, yes. Let's have a look at the results over the last week. Then Dealtown uh, were 1-0 winners over Russell on Saturday. Hollands and Blair uh, beat Glebe by the same score. Town 3-1 winners at Kennington. Phoenix Sports held to a 1-1 draw by Beersted. It was Stansfield 4, Punjab United 1, Sutton Athletic 4, uh, K-Sports 1. All four Sutton goals there for Ali Desange. Uh, Tunbridge Wells beat Holmesdale by a goal to nil. It was Whitstable 2, Lordswood 2. Uh, and then on Tuesday night, Beersted 2, Erith Town 2, Deal Town 1 again, and another clean sheet. I think seven clean sheets in a row, Matt, uh, as they beat Fisher 1 0. Uh, Glebe beat Russell by a goal to nil. Punjab 4 0 winners at Kennington, and another win for Sutton 2 0 over Holmesdale. And then that one game, as I said on Wednesday night, it finished Canterbury City 1, Phoenix Sports 4. And as we say, the league table is hotting up there now. Uh, certainly does look uh, to have been. Uh, well, it's getting it's getting tight. And in fact, I, th- I think we said 10 points. I actually think that the lead tables in front of me hasn't taken into account that Phoenix Sports win tonight. Uh, so they might now be on 61 points from 29 right. games. So seven points uh, would be the, the game. Hands. Yeah. Uh, at the other end of the table, Canterbury City, Matt, talked about them before. They're now eight points um, from safety and, and, and it looks like it's not going to work out for them. No, it's never going to work out them until they get their own ground. We've been through over this um, numerous times. So, um, yes, interesting uh, times ahead for a club that we've always thought if they had a place in their own city, they could be doing so much better and could be playing a lot higher than they are. But it's it, until that happens, they're never going to get anywhere. This weekend's fixtures in the scaffold uh, on Saturday. Beerson against Holmesdale. It's Canterbury against Sutton Athletic. Irith and Belvedere at home to Whitstable Town. Irith Town against Ooh. Tunbridge Wells. Uh, it's Glebe against Deal Town. K-Sports against Phoenix Sports. Lordswood against Stansfeld. Russell against Kennington. And Wellingtown against Fisher. And then midweek, uh, only a couple of games actually. Uh, Tuesday night, Wellingtown against Beerson. And Wednesday, they try again. Phoenix Sports and Irith Town. That game was obviously snowed off. Uh, last week, so uh, they, they are going to try that one again. But I, I heard the oof, Irith and Belvedere against Whitstable Town. Uh, as we say at the moment, we don't actually know who's going to be in charge of Irith and Belvedere because there has been no official announcement. Um, but that's going to be a, a, an interesting start for for whoever is going to be in charge. Big game, Whitstable can put the real um, 
cat amongst the pigeons there. Stansfield and Wellington have got after that have got teams you'd expect them to beat. So, you know, what Whitstable side turns up, we know what they're um building maybe for next season, but they can put a real marker down there and really open up the uh, the title race. So Deal and Phoenix, they will be chomping at the bit, I'm sure. And I can't believe how much this division has changed in about the two weeks we haven't been there. The two weeks we haven't done the pod, John. <laughs> Unbelievable, isn't it? Uh, into the first division now where uh, Snodden Town have opened up a five-point gap at the top of the table. Uh, the results on Saturday, Faversham Strike Force 2, FC Elmstead 1. It was Forest Hill Park 2, Bermondsey 0. Greenways 4, Meridian VP 2. Larkfield and Newhive beaten 3-2 owned by FC Whiteleaf. Uh, Rochester 1, Lewisham Borough 1. Lidtown 3-2 winners at Thamesmead. Uh, Snodland 1-0 winners over Croydon. And it was Staples Monarchs 0, Tooting Beck 2. And then in midweek as well, we had just the two games on Wednesday night. Uh, it was Lewisham Borough 2, Larkfield and Newhive 0, uh, Tooting Beck 1, AFC Whiteleaf 1. I'm guessing uh, if you're in the Larkfield and Newhive camp, uh, you're pretty disappointed tonight after that defeat. Yes, um, Snodland have open up a bit of a lead now, haven't they? Uh, seven points over Larkfield and New High for um, Snodland. Lid's still up there with a crazy minus goal difference sitting in second place. The most bizarre thing is that the remaining sides, 10 sides below them, have got a positive goal difference. I don't know. I have to look at... Lid lost one game really heavily, didn't they? That's probably affected them. I think they lost 8-0 uh, at home to Snodland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's it. Take that out. They'll be um, fine on that. So, yeah... Yeah, we always thought it would be one of the Snodland or Larkfield and New Hive are going to win that division. Looks like Larkfield might have to go through the, the playoffs and Lidder having a great season and Faversham Strike Force have picked up of late as well. So, uh, yeah, it should be an exciting end to this season as well. Absolutely. An exciting end as well in the Eastman League Premier Division, although whether any of our clubs are going to be going up is looking a little bit doubtful. Craig Wanderers leading the charge. They are eighth. Uh, after their 5-0 win over Potter's Bar Town on Saturday. Uh, Folks to know were beaten 2-1 at Averley, while Margate were beaten 5-2 at Canby Island. Herne Bay uh, beat Bognor Regis Town 2-1 on Saturday, but then I think they're going to look, Matt, and think it was a missed opportunity uh, on Tuesday night as they were beaten 1-0 at home by Haringey Borough. Um, had they won that game, they'd be within two points um, of the of Kingstonian above them. But now the gap's five, and you just kind of look at it, and, and you do think maybe that's a little bit much with what... Only seven games left to play in that division. It's, 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 they've got to get on a good run now, haven't they, to, to take them all the way through. Margate uh, also on a on a run, not a good one. Uh, they lost 1-0 at Bognor Regis uh, on Tuesday. There, but they are 12 points clear of Herne Bay. So you look at it for Herne Bay and you think it's going to be, it's, it's going to be tough, I, I suppose, at, at the moment with where things are. Yeah, and, and sides they've got coming up are the sides looking to get gate crash the the playoff race as well. So, um, yeah, it was disappointing that result against Harringay. Uh, again, I've got every faith in Kevin Watson. So, um, we know what a good manager he is. Um, he'll have them prepared. It's just got to be that extra bit of quality, that extra clinical. When they get the chances, they've got to take them in these games. But I still, I still wouldn't bet against them. Um, just going on a bit of a run, maybe playing against sides who are, maybe got something to play with can work in their advantage as well so we should see it from that well Margate standard season for Margate isn't it unfortunately Folkestone I think last week well it's still got a chance for the playoffs Folkestone just again home form is good that's key for Folkestone and Cray yeah very tight at the top of the table we could get a couple of playoff teams in the playoffs before it goes before the end of the season job, it's going to be tight. Uh, this weekend, Cray Wanderers head to Brighton Sea Regent. Herne Bay go to Carl Shulton, who are in seventh. It's Folkestone against Lewis, so that's 11th against ninth. And Margate are at home to Averley, who are in third, so another tough one uh, for Reese Prestige. Can't believe, Matt, we've got this far into the show uh, before we've even mentioned the fact that Faversham Town have signed Adebayo Akin Fenwa. I mean, honestly, can you believe that? Bottom of the league, still struggling, or next to bottom of the league, next to bottom of the league, still struggling, and then they go and get a man who's played hundreds of football league games and can bring him in. You know, fair play to them. They're having a go at it. But with 10 points, uh, the gap, and seven games to play, that's just to get to the playoffs. It's going to be quite tricky for them, isn't it? Even with the man affectionately known as the Beast. 
Yeah, and I see he only played 45 minutes on Saturday, didn't he? He got taken off at half-time. Um, uh, Sammy Moore was quite friendly with him, isn't he? So, um, clearly did a favour. Uh, they must have job. played together at Wimbledon. Yeah, yeah, Wimbledon. Yeah, they're, they're quite close, I think. So, got him playing. The result didn't go their way on Saturday, did it? When it when it needed it to, it's, it's going to be tough for them, isn't it? If they can get into the playoffs, they'll probably be absolutely delighted. But again, they don't seem to be able to go into Leeds in game, can't finish sides off. So disappointing for him. I don't know how often he's going to play. He must have probably media commitments at the weekend. So, But if you get him in there, it could be that extra bit of um, spice. It'll probably add a bit to the attendances as well. So, yeah, it's been a crazy season for Fabian. I'd love to know how many players they've used. I'll have to go on their website. They must have used 70-plus this season. It's unbelievable, isn't it? Uh, and, and ultimately, it looks like it's going to end up being a, a disappointing season uh, for them. Uh, the other results in that division on Saturday was Beckham 4, Littlehampton 2. A couple of really late goals uh, in that one for the Becks. And Corinthian beaten 4-1 at Burgess Hill and they had their goalkeeper Dan Colmer sent off in that one. Uh, Chatham held to a goalless draw at home by Hayward Heath. A great win for Cray Valley as they beat Ashridge United 5-1. Uh, Hightown won the winners over Chichester. Uh, as Matt's already said, Lansing beat Faversham by two goals to one. Ramsgate, free entry for everybody to that one on Saturday and 5-0 win uh, for the Rams over East Grinstead. Sheppey beat VCD 1-0, Sitting 1-1-3, Bridges 1 and Sevenoaks beaten 3-1 down at Whitehawk. Whitehawk are now second in the table uh, because yeah. they followed that up on Tuesday night with a 1-0 win uh, over Chatham. Uh, so it now looks at the top of the table. Ramsgate 62 points, Whitehawk 58, Chatham 58. Beckenham 56, Cray Valley 53, and Sevenoaks 51, Ashford 50, Sheppey and Hythe both have 49. Amazingly, everyone in that division has now played the same number of games, Matt. 31. There are no games in hand left. So I'm guessing that means that Tuesday nights are going to get a bit quieter. Uh, unfortunately uh, for a friend of the show, Michael Golding, uh, they did have a game on Tuesday night uh, and Three Bridges yet to win away from home all season, uh, managed to win 2-0 at Gay Dawn Farm. And uh, I did text Michael earlier on this morning. I said, I've got a feeling uh, that they might just have a chance of getting relegated. And it's such a shame uh, for, for him and Corinthian because, you know, they did such a great job to get out of the league. They had a fantastic season last year, but obviously the whole squad being decimated as it has been, they were always facing an uphill battle this season, weren't they, Matt? And I think, you know, I think that 2-0 home defeat to three bridges could be the, final, the, the straw that breaks the camel's back, perhaps. Yeah, I think um, we always knew it was going to be tough and... When we had Michael Golding early in the show, early in the year, on the show, he said he expected it to be a, a tough fight. Four wins in 31. Um, says it all, only 23 goals in that. So, defensively, they're not bad. Only 49 goals conceded in 31. But I think um, they've lost that attacking prowess, haven't they? Um, players have gone uh, because they've done well and want to um, improve themselves in the game. So, I feel a bit sorry for them. But, They'll be back, but I'm sure they'll be back stronger in, in the um, scaffold with, with, with which way they're heading, unfortunately. But at the top of the table, pesky Whitehawk, where have they come from? I know, tell me about it. I did say to Michael the other week that they've been in a really good run of form, but unfortunately the, the run of form, you know, if they've been mid-table, the run of form they've been on lately, you know, they've been playing some teams at the top, they've not been losing games, it's, you know, they've been in quite good touch. Uh, and then for that to happen to them at the weekend, lose their keeper as well, which yeah, I think yeah. that was... You know, really, really uh, tough on them. Yeah, I, I feel I feel for them. Um, but, you know, whatever level you take from the Premier League down to this, money talks, John. If you haven't got enough money, I know you haven't got a budget, can't attract players, you're always going to struggle. Uh, fixtures in that division this weekend. Ashford against Hythe, uh, the oh. M20 derby, should we call that one? Yeah, uh, yeah. Ch- Chichester against Chatham. Uh, Corinthian top against bottom as they host Ramsgate. Uh, Faversham are at home to Burgess Hill, uh, who've lost manager Matt Longhurst, who was there for just uh, just over a month, I think he was in charge there. But apparently a change in his work circumstances means that he has moved on. Who's taken over at Burgess Hill? Uh, Lewis Taylor, the former Margate midfielder, has taken over there. Oh, right. Yeah, he, when I saw him against Ramsgate, he was um, came on a sub. So, oh, interesting. Mm. Absolutely. Uh, Cray Valley head to Hayward Heath. Sittingbourne go to Littlehampton. Uh, big game is seven oaks take on Sheppey United. Uh, Beckenham head to Three Bridges and VCD are at home to Lansing. I, I, I have to say, whoever does the fixtures for the Ryman, well, the Eastman South East Division needs applauding once they've got, everybody has played the same amount of fixtures 
on the 15th of March. Well, they've obviously been lucky with with weather and stuff. And and there there was this sort of dictate, isn't there, to to get games rearranged. So I think games have played within... If a game's called off, it has to be played within six weeks, weeks, is it? And and they've obviously... You know, they've obviously been very, very tight on that and they've managed to get themselves to, to this stage. And, and, you know, it's really actually nice to look at that league table and see everyone on the same games and know how good this is going to be for the last seven games of the season. I think, that, you know, I think it's really good. There's no, oh, well, they could win that game and that game, and that game. We know where everybody stands at the moment. And you look at that table and you think, this is going to be good fun. Probably all our sides have got something to play for. Well, everybody, even probably Sittabon, Sittabon have turned, the for- turned their fortunes around. Um, everybody in that, in that division, from a Kent perspective, is either battling to avoid relegation, trying to win the league, or getting the playoffs. So, as the league goes, fair play to the Kent side this season. They've all been really, um, uh, some of them have exceeded ex- my expectations, I have to say. Yeah, it's been uh, it's 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 been it's been a great season actually in the Premier League for some of the teams. Obviously, the ones down at the bottom yeah. probably haven't enjoyed it quite as much. But uh, you know, fair play to everybody, and we look forward to seeing how it all plays out yeah, uh, over the next what seven weeks or so. Um, so yeah, it's very very exciting. And that's it for the football chat. Um, Ted Lasso is back, Matt. Uh, I know you said you watched a bit of it. I've I watched it this morning, and even before the titles came on, I was like, this program's so bloody good. Yeah, uh, exactly. Should we need to get your um? your button out because apparently pundits like us john all they do is talk and eat meringues i don't really like meringues but i like talking you're quite the you're very good at it as well and you said and that's four times you said that word on this week's show so well done you yeah, um exactly. but yeah that's uh that is uh that is definitely a quote from the first episode we won't give you any spoilers um but that was mentioned at one point so yeah i mean i love the program there but there are obviously some bits about like you know that really do aren't true to how life is in football you know I mean one of the big themes of this episode and I don't think it's a spoiler is that a lot of the pundits have predicted them to finish bottom well you know that, that's it, it it's not really a, a big deal that no one's sitting in the dressing room talking about it like they are are they no no but no but no it, it's a good feel good program John and uh so yeah and, and people who don't like football like Ted Lasso so that's that's it it's, if you're if somebody was like, oh, I don't want to watch it because it's about football, probably A, why you listen to this podcast, but I'd recommend it to anybody, along with Shrinking, which is also on Apple TV as well, which is made by the same people with Harrison Ford, which is also excellent. I've watched the first episode of that, actually. Yeah, it was very, uh, very good. I um, haven't been watching a lot else. I mean, even when I was ill, I wasn't I wasn't doing too much. Uh, oh, I've watched tons TV of stuff, watching. mate. Finished, finished Unforgotten. Yeah, me too. Watched Empire of Light. All right, watch, enjoy that. You went to the cinema, watch, didn't you? No, I, we never got round to it. Um, would I have watched it if it wasn't um, in Margate and Broadstairs, the coolest place to live in Kent? Um, probably not. But I, I thought it was, my wife said it, it, it didn't make you sad and it didn't make you happy. Very arty, that's what I think. I thought it was quite, oh, yeah. quite good. So um, would I recommend it? Yeah, probably a... Uh, um, I would. I'd recommend it more than Luther films. I've watched that as well, and that was nothing like the TV program. Um, so, just plenty of MH70. I've watched the documentary about that as well. Just a lot on the telly. There's too much better. I've watched. We watched better. Didn't I mention that? Um, basically, I've lots to watch. Lots to watched. I watched a lot. Watched a lot of telly over the last few weeks. Well, last week when we weren't on the pod, John. So there you go. I'm pleased you found something to 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 fill the yeah. void. You know, I think I think do you know what? There's so much uh, telly for me to watch at the moment. I think it's going to be two to three years before I get to the bottom of it all. Uh, it really is that much of it. But uh, yeah, I've got some uh, got a few days off um, at the moment, so that's not too bad. Um, just having a bit of a chill, um, re- reacquainting myself with my cats after a weekend away, um, and yeah, going out for a nice meal um, to a posh place in Tunbridge Wells on Friday. Um, because time flies um so yes just going out for a little uh, celebration meal on friday night so that should be good fun uh, and then yeah just back to the back to the grind over the weekend but you know the train strikes are back i thought they were finished but the train strikes are back so i can't make it up to london um on saturday but i'll be going well, up there on sunday on this weekend are they yeah for, uh, t- tomorrow and um and saturday they so. for a while though have they no they haven't so but i thought they'd, they'd reached an agreement and, and i wish they would um, but apparently they haven't. 
Um, so there you go. Um, you Mick Lynch on the telly then? Possibly. Uh, Mother's Day Sunday as well. Don't forget everybody. So if you haven't uh, already yeah. uh, got something for the, the the women in your life, or, and of course if you are a mother yourself and you're listening, Happy Mother's Day um, to you. Uh, happy Mother's Day to my mum. She won't be listening. Uh, I don't think she cares um, about the podcast. She obviously cares about Mother's Day. And okay. yeah, I think that's uh, that's pretty it's much it. Yes. Yeah, another, we've another r- rambled one. on there, haven't we? Yeah, another late yeah. one, but um, yeah, it's, it's good to be back. And again, to be honest, John, when we didn't do the show, I didn't really look at the league table. So doing this pod has made me realise how exciting the leagues are now, isn't it? It's got me galvanised for the business end of the season because. We're going to have some teams jumping for joy and there's going to be absolute heartbreak for some of them, but it's going to be a really exciting end to the season. Absolutely. And in, unless the tonsillitis comes back, we will be with you every step <laughs> of the way between now and the end of the season. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to this week's show. As always, you can find us on social media. Search for us on Twitter at Kent NL Podcast. Search for us on Facebook, search Kent Non-League Podcast. And you can also find the group Kent Non-League Football Chat, uh, where there's some good uh, conversations going on and, and lots of talk about things that are going on over the weekend. So it's really good to get involved in that. Um, and nice to see some people. Uh, really enjoying that. Uh, I'm on Twitter at John Phipps 81. Matt is at Matthew underscore Gerard. I had another go at the train company the other day because uh, they were lying on social media. But there you go. We'll just gloss over that one. Uh, give them a little flash on the way to say goodbye. Uh, anyway, as I say, thank you everybody for listening. Thanks to our guests for their time this week. And we'll speak to you all next week on the Kent Only Podcast. That was a shit hot show.